Welcome to the Littler Labor and Employment Podcast, conversations about employment and labor law issues that impact the workplace. Hello, I'm Bruce Sarchet, a shareholder with Littler's Sacramento office, and I'm joined today by my partner, Bob Long, who practices in both our New York City and Miami, Florida offices. Hello, Bob. Hello, Bruce. Great to be here. On today's podcast, Bob and I are going to take a fresh look at a topic that has been part of the nomenclature of human resources for decades, the open door policy. Right. Let's start with this, listeners. Take your employment handbook down off the shelves. What? Okay, well, find it on your company intranet. Chances are it states that employment is at will, but chances are also that it contains an open door policy. The policy that states that employees can feel free to talk to their supervisor about anything at any time. Now, this is a great idea, one which has survived the test of time. I remember as a young associate more than 30 years ago now, writing company handbooks. We always included an open door policy, and we still include them in handbooks today. We fear that many open door policies are only that, policies. They exist, but only on paper or on the company internet. Clearly, written open-door policies are great, but if that's all you have, a policy on paper, it probably isn't enough. In fact, it may be a potential warning sign of trouble ahead. Well, ask yourself, is our open-door policy just a slogan, or are employees actually walking through that open door and really talking to their supervisors? If so, that's great, but it's only a first step. True. If an employee comes forward and has a suggestion or a complaint, the first step is to listen. I like to say that we should build a culture, a work environment where employees feel free to complain. Employee complaints are a good thing because a complaint is an opportunity to make the workplace better. Isn't that a nice sentiment? If you're a manager, a supervisor, or in human resources, you should start every workday saying, boy, I sure hope someone complains today. It's counterintuitive, we know. But when employees complain, the company learns something. And that's always good. But listening is just the first step. The next is even more important. What do you do with that information? Because just having an open door and being a good listener is not enough. That's right. So, Bob, what is enough? Well, in my view, really well-run organizations have a spider web of complex but highly efficient information exchange and feedback mechanisms that enable management to have a very accurate pulse on what they are doing well, what they are doing poorly, and where the business needs to invest in the employees. And those well-run companies are populated with supervisors and managers at all levels who daily put themselves in the employee's shoes to see the problems from the perspective of the frontline team member. Well said. And those managers and supervisors must have the power and resources to address those issues and problems, to make concrete changes to improve the day-to-day life of the employee. Also, you don't necessarily need to wait for employees to come to you with complaints. You can go to them. Correct. I work with one business which conducts an annual employee opinion survey. The event is highly anticipated by all in the company, employees and supervisors alike. The survey is thoughtful, well-designed, and the results are shared with the employees and then sliced and diced in pretty sophisticated ways. Cool. That's the listening part. And what does this particular business do with the results? 
Well, the end product of this annual exercise is identification of one or at most two initiatives that are funded to address the most pressing and or recurrent problems. And a year later, the team members actually are able to see the results and know that they made a difference. Sounds very good. Because that's the ultimate goal, my friends. Employees involved in the process along the way, and then they can see the results of the efforts to make the workplace better. So, Bob, let me ask you this. For this particular business, have there been big surprises in the results of the annual survey? That's the really cool thing. The answer is no. The same employer has very efficient informal communication systems that are up and running every day, such that the results of the annual survey are never a surprise, just a confirmation of what management already knows. Sounds ideal. And we know what the consequences can be if these systems are not in place and if employees don't believe they have a voice. They may go elsewhere to try to obtain that voice. Now, most employees just wanna come to work, clock in, do their job in a relatively happy environment, then clock out and go home to be with their families. They don't wanna spend their non-work time dealing with work issues. For example, by calling up a lawyer to complain that the boss isn't treating them fairly or, or isn't listening. Correct. So if that natural reluctance is overcome, it means that things must be pretty severe. The channels of communications aren't working as they should. But the challenge is finding the commitment to undertake the analysis and not just put the survey on the shelf once it is done, but to really act on the results. For example, suppose the survey turns up a problematic supervisor. Well, it takes talented and skilled human resources professionals to work closely with the operations team to address the issues and challenges created when such an individual is in a position of responsibility. Yeah, and the same is true for newly promoted supervisors. Many companies have a culture of promoting from within. This can pay big dividends. Employees will do a good job today because they have the potential for a better job tomorrow. But newly promoted supervisors are new, and so they're going to make mistakes. Again, it takes a talented HR team to work with these individuals to improve their skills, to coach them on listening, communications, the dangers of favoritism and gossip and sarcasm. Once again, this intensive coaching takes a real commitment of time. You're correct, Bruce. CFOs, CEOs, and business owners should be mindful that human resources work is a very significant value add that has very material results for the bottom line. It is difficult to quantify and measure at times, but the value definitely is there. All right, Bob, that feels like the right point to end on, HR as a value add. Remember, the open door policy is not enough. Team members need to experience that their voice actually is heard and that managers and employees work together to find win-win solutions. Bob, thanks for joining me today on this Littler podcast. Of course, it was great to share a few ideas with our listeners today. So that will do it for now, but please stay tuned for future Littler podcasts, and thank you for listening today. The purpose of this program is to provide helpful information for employers, addressing the latest developments in labor and employment relations. It is not a substitute for experienced legal counsel and does not provide legal advice or attempt to address the numerous factual issues that arise in any employment-related issue. To discover other labor and employment podcast series from Littler, the largest global employment and labor law practice, visit littler.com slash podcasts.